All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, June 20th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We are doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, this is, this, I I, I, I am, listen, I'm not at a loss for words. I'm going to have many words on this episode. We're both going to have a lot of words, but uh, this weekend was stunning and we got to get into it. This is one of the most stunning box office weekends I can remember in a long time. It absolutely is. And so I'm just going to do the top five because there is nothing below that that needs to be spoken of. No. So number one, for a second weekend in a row, a shocker, wow. Jurassic World Dominion made $58.6 million dollars down 60%. It added 21 theaters. And, well, we'll do total grosses after because it's a four-day, right? Yes. Oh, my God. Number two, Lightyear. Oh. $50.5 million in its first frame. Number three, Top Gun Maverick. $44 million down only 15%. It lost 227 theaters. Number four, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness made $4.4 million, also down only 15%, lost 880 theaters. It's standing at 405 point. Oh, see, I'm mm, yeah. not supposed to do it. Yeah, yeah. Number five, Bob's Burgers movie, $1.1 million down 52%. It lost 1,255 theaters. That's the top five. That's all you need to know. I mean, Clayton, let's get to it. The big story is that Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear spinoff, prequel, reimagining, whatever it is, the, the Toy Story movie Lightyear completely and totally crashed at the box office this weekend. It opened at number two, something that nobody could have seen coming. I mean, go to our preview episode for proof of that. This past Thursday night, Friday morning, we put out a preview episode with guest Aaron Foley-Chan. Of course, we all assumed Lightyear would open up number one. You know, our, our guesses at the opening weekend varied from the you know, high seventies to the to the nineties. Um, th- th- this is this is the this is the crash heard around the the world right now in the box office world. Uh, I, I, it, it's stunning the degree to which Lightyear just ate it this past weekend. It opens at so, so modestly $20 million below tracking, right? But when we're talking tracking for this movie, it was anywhere from low 70s to one uh, over a, a hundred million. Yes. So this thing is a disaster. It's a disaster. I mean, it opened 20 below the lowest end of the tracking for its three-day weekend. And... You know, it's one of those things where on the preview episode, we were going through reason after reason why this movie would underperform. And then Mm -hmm. in the end, it all came back to, it's a kid's movie, the rats need their cheese, but more than that, 
it's such a big brand. It is a Toy Story branded movie. There was no way this thing could have bombed or, or come in on the low end of, of expectations. And every reason that we gave for why this movie would underperform, those turned out to be more powerful than the Pixar brand, which we'll go into, is completely tarnished. And the Toy Story brand, which was not used enough, I would say, but is also tarnished because of this. This, this is the nightmare scenario for the toys of Toy Story, for Pixar, and for Bob Chapstick at, at Disney. The nightmare scenario I, happened. I would agree with all of those things getting some sort of flack, some sort of damage from this, other than the Toy Story, the legitimate Toy Story brand. You think Woody I is unscathed? I think Woody in the piggy bank and the T-Rex and all the rest, I think are unscathed. Mr. Po- Mr. Potato Head lives at the box office. Yes, Mr. Potato Head, I, because I do think this went so far off of course mm-hmm. that it almost is. And the reason it did so poorly is it just it, it feels very unrelated to Toy Story. Now, just to give you some, this is in uh, in um, Anthony D'Alessandro's Sunday wrap up. Must read. Just to give you, must read every every weekend. Just to give you an idea of where this opened. This opened equivalent to Coco, Jesus. which opened to fifty one million dollars. And a little bit more than Ratatouille, which opened at forty seven million dollars. And, and now, Ratatouille, we're talking. Uh, what early two thousands dollars? We're talking uh, two thousand four dollars, if that. Yeah. So, and that's nothing against either of these movies. No, Ratatouille is a classic. This is, this is a marquee. This should have been a marquee film. Right. This should have been up there with your Incredibles, yes. with your Toy Stories, with your Nemo's and Dory's. Yep. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It's getting. They're talking about this. Because the the reviews weren't even good, which usually Pixar movies are rapturously reviewed. Yep. This is getting the same sort of critical review percentage as The Good Dinosaur. And anytime The Good Dinosaur is invoked, like when we were talking about Lightyear, at, at any point did we think we needed to invoke, we would have to invoke. The low watermark, box office wise and critic wise, for Pixar, the Good Dinosaur. Did we think that that would even be in the conversation? I felt like we'd be talking about Toy Story Four. We'd be talking about Dory. We'd be talking about Inside Out, Cars. Yeah, we'd right. be talking about possibly one of the Cars, right? Right. Films, right? But but not the Good Dinosaur. Not the you could. And I'm sure there, there's there's listeners who will do this. Pour through the tapes. Pour through the hours that we have spent talking about Lightyear in the in the run up in the last few weeks. I would imagine the good dinosaur is not said a single time. Of course, we've said the word dinosaur. We've said dinos plenty, but that was pertaining to Jurassic World Dominion, the Jurassic franchise. Not once did we say dinosaur 
in relation to Pixar's infamous bomb, The Good Dinosaur. You go go through mm-hmm. the tapes. There's no missing tapes. I mean, we say it at the top, fuck it, we do it live. It's a raw feed. We did not invoke The Good Dinosaur because that did not even cross our minds. That light year, even with all of the problems that it did have leading up to it, we never thought that we would have a good dinosaur situation. And folks, as we sit here today, we have a full-on the good dinosaur situation at Pixar in this opening weekend of Lightyear. That is where we stand today. I mean, Cars 3, mm-hmm. probably the most maligned of all the Pixar films, yet still popular because they're talking cars mm-hmm. and kids love cars, opened June 16th, 2017, and made $53.6 million. Wow. Cars 3 made more money than Lightyear. And Cars 3, Cars overall, is a much less beloved uh, Pixar franchise than Toy Story. I mean, listen, Toy Story is the number one franchise. The gold standard. It's the gold standard for Pixar. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, here's another franchise that is not one of the gold standard. It's a well-liked one. People like this franchise, but it is not the tippy top of Pixar, but the Monsters, Inc., Monsters University franchise, the Monsters franchise. So Monsters University was a sequel that was looked at as Oh, here, Pixar started to do sequels. These are cash grabs. And that had a sequel that came out in June of 2013. The opening weekend was $82 million. So we're talking Mm -hmm. about a B property within Pixar, the Monsters property. And that had an $82 million opening weekend for its sequel. And of course, again, Lightyear is not Toy Story 5. It's some kind of weird prequel thing but it's still supposed to have been connected to the toy story franchise 50 million dollars is the opening weekend is insane for this movie so it is a so it is failure a sh- on good dinosaur proportions so it is a shame that we're coming here not to celebrate the dinos, but to bury Lightyear. But I do think that's important because Dominion did have a decent, I mean, it wasn't spectacular hold, but it wasn't a precipitous drop. So around 60. Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's a good hold for a movie that opened as big as it did. You know, 60 is in the low end of what anyone could have expected the drop to be. I mean, I think. Jurassic World Dominion seems to be a well-liked movie that people want to see. I think that is what we're seeing here. People want to see this movie, and it's probably going to leg out pretty well. And it had some premium screens. So it had some premium screens, and Lightyear had some premium screens. So good for the dinos for going Mm back-to-back. That is hard to do, Mm -hmm. especially in the summer months, especially up against what we thought— would be a big movie because it's Pixar. So we assume it's a Pixar based on a previous Pixar IP. We assumed it would do Baffa Bobo, and we were wrong. And it's been very fascinating this weekend. Now we've, mm-hmm. you know, been been focused on dads, but we've also been focused on Lightyear. It's been a split focus here. Right, you know, right. check the deadline article, read this article about this. Everybody's trying to figure out what is the magic bullet. 
What is the one reason that Lightyear did not perform the way we thought it could right. or that it should or whatnot? And I think we're going to come to the conclusion and we're going to talk about all these things that it's more of just a gumbo yes. of elements that led this to be a movie that no one wanted. Yes, yes. Yes. And I've seen pushback to that online where some people are, how can you say no one wanted it? It opens to 50 million. This is a Pixar movie. It's a Toy Story Pixar movie. $50 million is is the the floor for something like this. We could sit, sit here and say nobody wanted this because a, a, a Pixar Toy Story movie is going to find 50 million tickets just by accident, by inertia. You know, the, the and, and the level of marketing that was done on this movie. This was a gigantically marketed summer Pixar Toy Story movie. Fifty million dollars is safe to say nobody wanted this movie. You know, there's, there's fifty million dollars worth of people who felt obligated to go. Those people did not want to go. Absolutely. And and when you look at something like, I mean, I can't believe I'm invoking this movie because I'm so sick of talking about it, but the bad guys at 94, 95 million, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that that movie with no stars yep. and a meh whatever sort of premise mm-hmm. is almost at almost at $100 million means that there is a hankering and a hungering yes. for cheese. Yes. The rats are hungry. Yes. They are starving. And a starving rat yes. did not want to see Lightyear. No. You are in trouble, Pixar. You are in trouble, A, a starving Pixar. rat will eat anything. A starving yes. rat will eat its own foot. We've seen this. It might have. We've. Uh, it might have eaten its own foot instead of going to see Lightyear. Yeah. I mean, the $50 million worth of opening weekend tickets sold for Lightyear is the equivalent of starving rats who had to eat their own feet. That rat did not want to eat its own feet. Those rats did not want to eat that. They wanted cheese, but all they had there was their own feet, and so they ate them. And that's the equivalent of those $50 million worth of tickets that that Lightyear sold. Just rats who Mm -hmm. were at the edge uh, of death and had to eat the closest thing they could see, which was their foot slash Lightyear. Nobody wanted this. Nobody wanted this. And I I think it also is like, this is something that I downplayed because we'll start getting into the reasons here. There's a myriad of them. It's a One gumbo. of the things I downplayed was it's a gumbo. Was the I did not think that confusion would lead to being deterred from seeing this movie, and I was incorrect mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. because I do think that if a rat is looking at something and doesn't identify it as cheese, mm-hmm. then that is bad yes. because your job is to make cheese. Yeah. Right. And Pixar just does not know how to make cheese anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this and th- the thing about why we're going in so hard on on Lightyear's opening number is that this is a movie that was purely a cash grab. You know, when Pixar is green lighting a Lightyear movie, this is and listen, I haven't seen this film. I'm never going to see this film. Because it's no, a bomb it's a, and it's no. a kid's movie that bombs. So I'm not going to – I'll see the good, the bad guys at some point because it was a success. I'm not going to see Lightyear. But Lightyear yeah. 
maybe good, maybe not good. Who knows? We'll never know. But it was greenlit as a cash grab. This is not an artistic play. I'm sure the animators and the writers, they did their hardest to make, you know, make it as good as they could make it. But this was purely a cash grab. And when a cash grab fails at the box office, then you have to go all in on it because it had no reason to exist other than to make Bafa Bobo. There, there, there is but no artistic merit to making a light year prequel movie other than to have it be as big of a hit as Pixar could make. Absolutely, absolutely. So the thing with Pixar in general Mm. is that Pixar has been around since 95, right? Mm. And it reached a certain peak where the above average intellectual storytelling met popular culture, met kid friendliness, and it all kind of worked. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating. And it was a time where you thought, wow, this will never end. Yep. But like all things, it ends. Mm-hmm. And it ended. Yeah. And we are, I think, as a culture, putting too much pressure on an institution that is in its waning days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is not the Pixar that made Wally. This is not the Pixar that made Ratatouille. No. It's not the Pixar that even made Incredibles 2. No. This is a version of Pixar that no longer aligns with what adults want or kids want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, and and forgive me because I'm going to make a television reference, but I do think this, uh, is, this is apt here. I'll brace myself. The Pixar of today, this is your... Season 14, The Simpsons. You know, this is your okay, season perfect. 18, The Simpsons. This is your your Pixar that is now being run by people who grew up on Pixar movies as their mm. influence. Not people who, would, the thing that made Pixar great early on is people who came into that animation studio and their influences weren't just kid stuff and they weren't just the the things made by that studio they were bringing in these these disparate uh uh, influences and then putting them into their kids movies and now i think you've got pixar being made by people who are raised on pixar the way the simpsons became uh uh, made by people who are raised on the simpsons and it's just a, a snake eating its own tail right now and i know there's people out there, don't get nauseous because we've already talked about rats eating their own feet and snakes eating their own tail. Just deal with it. It's fine. It's a metaphor. You don't have to watch that stuff happen in real life. But that is what's going on with Pixar creatively now. It is just they're regurgitating the stuff that they watched 20 years ago. And, and that is not what, what people want. It's not. It's definitely not new and exciting the way Pixar once was. And you know what? Nothing lasts forever. And we applaud Pixar for their success. I mean, it was an unprecedented run, but it is over. Yeah. It is over. One of the movies they have in the pipeline is called Elementals or Elements or something. And it's another Inside Out remake. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. is the thing. And I know you've said it. Everybody online has said it. 
they continue to try to remake that movie, which I'm not even a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are running out of ideas and also making cash grabs needlessly difficult well, that- to appease themselves Th- when they sh- need to be making it for an audience, not for themselves, not for their buddies that are animating 80, 90 hours a week or whatever they're doing, staying away from their family, doing whatever they're doing. It's too, they need to have, they need to be in touch with the world mm-hmm. to understand what the world wants. And that's, again, going to the light year specifically, that is the reason why we're being so rough on this movie because it exists to do nothing other than be a giant hit. And why they would greenlight a, a, a Toy Story spinoff but then just not go all the way with it and have it be the toy voiced by Tim Allen, the voice that everyone knows, and just do either a, an origin story of that toy or a new sequel with just that toy. Why they ended up on this bizarre, unexplainable spin-off, weird version that's not about the toy, that has a different voice. It, it, it's so bizarre that this is where they landed and and you know what? I'm not saying that the people didn't go because of Tim Allen because they were making a political statement that had zero to do with it. That that's a non-factor. But people didn't go partially because they know Tim Allen is the voice of this toy. They know that the the look of the character is supposed to look like a toy. And when neither of those things happened, they had no interest in this. This should have been yeah. just a straight up. Buzz Lightyear spinoff that starts with that starts with before the movie even plays, you have Buzz Lightyear, the toy voiced by Tim Allen, thanking everybody for coming to see Lightyear in the movie theater the way it was meant to be. That's what this movie needed to have is to have Tim Allen's voice welcoming everyone to the movie theater. Because another thing that I think we should talk about now is it's clear Pixar has been fully branded a streaming uh, uh, entity. It is no longer thought of as a theatrical entity anymore. And that's on Bob Chapstick. That's on Bob Chapstick. That That is on him because once you allow a Pixar movie to go straight to Disney+, Plus, not because of... The pandemic, mm-hmm. right? We understand Soul. We understand Luca. Seeing red, turning red. What is it called? Turning red. Turning red. That was the. That was the. That was the big one. That was the the game changer right there. And because turning red was not going to be a massive hit if it was in the theaters, it probably would have done good dinosaur numbers. But that was okay and expected, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, you can't just go from onward mm-hmm. three, two and a half years ago, whatever it was, to Lightyear. Mm-hmm. I mean, because genuinely, the last big Pixar release was Toy Story Four. Was there nothing between Toy Story Four and and onward? That can't be the there, case. There was not. There was onward. There was Toy Story 4 in June 21st, 
2019, mm-hmm. and then March 6th was Onward, and then it was Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. Wow. All Disney Plus. Yep. Wow. And Luca did ha- Luca had no theatrical component to it. That was a straight up full on dump onto Disney Plus. Yes. And what Turning Red had a few theaters, obviously, but not enough to show any box office. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I know actually worldwide box office, eleven million dollars, but that was a very, very limited release. We're not holding that box office against Turning Red in any shape or form. I mean, I'll be honest. Soul, of course, was dropped Christmas 2020. For the most part, I think we could say, I guess they had to do it. But in retrospect, if Disney wanted to keep Pixar as a viable, untarnished brand, even something like Soul should have been saved until movie theaters were open. Well, yeah. Should have been saved until summer of 2021. Maybe we give them soul, but the day that I would that even Luca dropped straight to Disney Plus rather than going to theaters, that was Bob Chapstick full on putting an end to Pixar as a viable theatrical brand. the The mm-hmm. damage he the damage has been done. People look at Pixar movies as something that just shows up on their Disney Plus, and Disney Plus is something that at this point parents. They don't even, it's like a utility. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. even think of it as something that we pay for. It's like turning on a faucet and water comes out. They're like, we've got to have it. We'll figure out how to pay. It's there. And so Mm -hmm. these Pixar movies, they're just thought of as water coming out of the faucet. They're not thought of as anything special. They're not thought of, you know, when you go to the supermarket and you get Sunny D, you get the purple stuff, you get something that you pay for. You know, Pixar is just water coming out of the faucet to these people. And I think... And and water's not special. No, it's not. Even worse, I do think that Lightyear is going to go to Disney Plus pretty quickly. Because I I just see this movie dropping like a stone. So why not just go full on with your idea where Disney Plus is uh, the main focus... And uh, that's what Bob Chapstick is showing. Mm -hmm. And that Pixar is fully Disney Plus. Yes. Because now, now Pixar, they're reeling. Because they're like, if this didn't bring us back to theaters, we may never get in theaters again. Right. Right. And and they may not. They may not. I think Pixar's only hope at this point, it's out of their hands. They... They just have to hope that Bob Chapstick isn't brought back as CEO next year, you know, and and uh, he's right now, from what we hear, his contract is up in February. Maybe Disney keeps him. Maybe they don't. But I think if Bob Chapstick gets re-signed and is the CEO of Disney, that is it. It's lights out for Pixar in the movie theaters. They are fully a Disney Plus streamo brand. They're, they're the straight-to-video arm of Disney the same way, you know, they're making Aladdin ret- uh, return of Jafar, you know, th- yes. that's, that's oh, what Pixar a, becomes. They're straight, straight to Cinderella video. three. Yep. Yeah. Cinderella three. It's, it's uh, so, so much of our economy is based on confidence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the box office is the same way, mm-hmm. right? 
Now, nobody has confidence in Pixar anymore. No. The audience doesn't. The creatives don't. And the guy setting the release schedules don't doesn't. So that is bad. Mm-hmm. That is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although the Pixar creatives just probably think you just don't understand. Right, right, right. You just don't understand. You don't understand our vision. You don't get it. You don't get it. Right. And it's like, well, okay, now you're really sunk. Right. Because if that is the reaction, then you are really just out of touch. Right. Right. I mean, we talked about this a lot in 2020 and 2021 that Disney was was sending a message to Pixar the way they were treating them. You know, but yes. I think soul to some degree, but definitely with Luca and Turning Red, they were letting Pixar know where they stood. And we always talked about Lightyear would be the one that would set it straight. It's Toy Story spinoff. It would set it straight. Now that Lightyear is bombed, um, I agree. I think Bob Chapstick is going to get Lightyear on Disney Plus maybe within the next week or two. You know, it, it, because I think they maybe they'll give it one more weekend to see if it has incredible legs, which is it's just not. It's not going to have incredible legs. People didn't want this. And I wouldn't be surprised if by next Monday, the announcement goes out that it is now on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I, I think we mm. could have a same-day announcement of turn on your TV, light year is where it was always supposed to be, which is on television. We're yeah. sorry. They, they Disney might apologize for the fact that they ever put this Pixar movie in the theaters in the first place. You know, that is how little they may think of Pixar coming off of this Lightyear debacle, is that they're going to apologize for ever having put a Pixar movie in the movie theaters. So can we talk a little bit about something we were speaking about in the hallway? Sure. In that we underestimated just how old the Pixar audience is Mm -hmm. in the sense of, not kids, but adults going to see these films mm-hmm. and how reliant Pixar is on those adults, mm-hmm. kidless adults. Yep. So let's look at some demos here. So 52% were men, 48% female. That's good. Pretty even split, which is good. Mm-hmm. 61% were between 18 and 34. Wow. Men over 25 dominated at 30%. Wow. I, I mean, it's... Uh, uh, I, I, okay, 61% between 18 and 34. So, like, so this was not this, a kid's this, movie. This, this generation... I mean, listen, I know there's different parts of the country, but just in general, the way things are moving, people are having kids later. Mm-hmm. 34 is young for people to have kids now. Mm -hmm. These people did not have kids. These were full-on grown-ass people who went to see this movie, and that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Because even though they made up the biggest percentage, obviously they didn't go out in the numbers that were necessary to make this a huge hit. And I think that is something we we went back and forth about was just how – much of the audience of the previous Pixar movies, the giant hit movies, 
were kids versus adults who were just going out on dates or going by themselves, you know, however adults see movies that were just going to see it the way they would see uh, an actual adult movie. And it turns out Pixar really does rely on just adults going to see their movies. And that is a big problem uh, with this movie because clearly adults were the ones who were mad that Tim Allen wasn't doing the voice. Adults were the ones who were mad that, oh, it's not my toy from all the Toy Story movies I go to. Adults were the ones who were mad that the reviews weren't that good. You know, so that means that Pixar is susceptible to the the bad reviews and to all the online chatter because it's adults making the decisions whether or not to go see these Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. And they, they were mad yeah. the same way that, and, and I, I'll bring this up, Scott Mendelson of Forbes wrote a great article analyzing this, and his big comp is Lightyear is basically... Uh, uh, Pixar's version of Solo, you know, to the Star Wars mm. franchise. It is a prequel no God. one wanted, and it is recasting a character that people loved in the previous incarnation of that character. Star Wars fans loved Han Solo when he was a guy played by Harrison Ford. And I think what you saw here was these adult Pixar fans they loved Buzz Lightyear when Buzz Lightyear was a toy played by Tim Allen. They give no S's about Lightyear as a real astronaut played by Chris Evans. Man, Mendelssohn nailing it with the comp once again. Amazing. Comp. Why he that's why he is at the top of the game. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is so on the nose. And you even said something to me where you're like if you're gonna go weird if you're gonna get nuts Mm -hmm. why not make it a live action movie right right make it live action and have chris evans play that part right 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 it's such a it's a this budgets would have been equivalent right they spent 200 million dollars on this pixar movie you know it's a it's a weird misnomer to the layperson that the animated version of a big action movie is going to cost less than live action. They spent as much as if they just put Chris Evans in, in a in a green screen, which is they would have done to make a space movie. It would have cost yeah, the same they thing. They don't really or, go to space. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, you know, with with doing a animated version that's not the toy, it just created this uncanny valley for people of... It's still animated, but it's not the same animation that I'm used to. So it's confusing. It's disconcerting. You know, it's the it's 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 you know the 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 weird uh, uh, animated porno type stuff, or you know the reason why there there's not sex dolls, sex robots aren't uh, sold at Walmart's right now. You know that they're they're not like the biggest seller in the world. Because there's still that uncanny valley for people of they're looking at something and it looks sort of like what they know, but it's different enough to make them upset. And that is what this light year animation and this light year voice is to people. It's the same the same genre, 
but it's just different enough that it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. And these adult Pixar fans were upset by the look and the non-Tim Allen voice of this Buzz Lightyear. You know, to them it was it was a sex doll. It was just too different to be something they could really get into. And it becomes with these adult Pixar fans, it's the whole sunk cost situation, mm-hmm. right? They've invested so much of their lives in this company and these characters, the Toy Story characters, yep. that at this point to not care anymore feels like they wasted their lives. Yes, yes. So they will care forever. Yes. This will forever wound them. Yes. This will be a wound that will not heal because they've already sunk so much time giving a shit about uh, a cowboy and a spaceman and a piggy bank and a Mr. Potato Head mm-hmm. and a slinky dog and a little alien thingies mm-hmm. and the Dolly right. and Ken and uh, the girl cowboy. Yeah, all of them. The girl cowboy, all of them, all of the classic characters mm-hmm. that they that they know and love. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that's a big problem with Pixar. That's mm-hmm. a big problem because also then this younger generation isn't getting, I mean, they're like, ah, I, I just, it's, I watch it on TV. Right. I watch it on TV. That is, that is what Toy Story is. And all these Pixar brands are to kids is I watch it on TV. Unlike something like Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 did Baffa Bobo this past spring and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 open bigger and will in the end do much bigger business than a Pixar Toy Story spinoff. Let that sink in that at this point to the, the modern day kid, Sonic the Hedgehog is a bigger effing deal than Buzz Lightyear. Sonic the Hedgehog is theatrical while Buzz Lightyear and all of his Pixar buddies, that is TV. That is, again, a gigantic, disastrous failure by Bob Chapstick. So let that happen. Where Sonic the Hedgehog is now more valuable as a theatrical brand than Buzz Lightyear. Wow. Well, so Pat, I mean, we have thoroughly dissected this light year opening, and we will have more to talk about on our Thursday episode, I'm sure, because we're going to get those official Monday yeah. numbers because this was a holiday. This was so, a four day weekend. Yeah. Yeah. The thought was kids are going to be out of school starting today which is monday Mm -hmm. so there might be a light year bump what they're 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 hoping against hope that a lot of the reason why people didn't so didn't go to see light year especially young kids is because they weren't completely out of school yet and this is going to be when the kids go wild the rats are running free i I mean the kids the kids were out of school on saturday they were out of school on sunday I and know, I know, the, but it was about it's, dads. It's the it's yeah. the end of June. Kids have been mentally checked out of school for for weeks now. I mean, the June school, we all know what June school is. They're showing you videos. They're you know having you clean out your desk. They're like, here's a screwdriver, scrape that gum off the bottom of your desk. That that's what school is now. These kids, 
they they were ready to go to the movies this weekend. They just did not want Lightyear. Giving them off on I mean, Monday isn't going to send them to the movie theater to see Lightyear. I don't believe it, but listen, I'm just saying it's it's something people are saying. So there is there is something to watch about that, even if it is to say it made no difference mm-hmm. in Lightyear's BO. Mm-hmm. But on a positive note. Oh, I mean, get into it. Because we've been so negative this whole episode because of Lightyear. But my God, did we have a, a ray of sunshine this weekend. Well, I want to talk a little bit about Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yes. This $17.3 million uh, Sunday mm-hmm. beating Lightyear, with thir- which had $13.7 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Dominion did beat both of them with 20 But, again, Dominion had premium screens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm talking about the Sunday numbers because we had... Sort of a discussion, and we had Austin, want to be old boy Austin, mm-hmm. make a proclamation. He he thought that Top Gun Maverick would win Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I still give him total credit for this because the assumption was that Jurassic World was not going to be as strong mm-hmm. and that Lightyear was going to be stronger than it was, right? Right. right. We, we, we thought Austin would be wrong in the sense that Lightyear would win Father's Day Sunday. Lightyear would be number one. And so that's why we thought he wasn't going to be correct in his prediction. But I will give... I think he was correct in that Maverick beat Lightyear, yep. which was really the crux of that. Yep, that was the So matchup. I give him credit... I give him credit for that. Of course. No, I mean, an amazing prediction by Austin that basically his prediction was Maverick would beat Lightyear on Father's Day. And I disagreed vehemently and I was less right than Austin was. And I agreed. So that's something. Now, looking at Top Gun Maverick in third place with $44 million down only 15%. It lost theaters. Like, keep this in mind. No premium screens. Mm -hmm. It was only $6 million off from Lightyear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the per theater average this weekend. For the weekend, Lightyear's per theater average was $11,000 per theater, $11,800. Top Gun Mavericks, in its fourth weekend... The per theater average was ten thousand nine hundred, so it was less than nine hundred dollars below the per theater average of Lightyear in its opening weekend. Top Gun Maverick again only fell fifteen percent in its fourth weekend. Top Gun Maverick is officially a generational phenomenon at the box office. You know this is your. My big fat Greek wedding, Titanic type of leggy run. I'm not saying it's going to make $2 billion like Titanic. Uh, People know that's not what I meant. But in terms of the story of this run, it will be the box office story of the year, barring Avatar 2 in December reaching the highest of its expectations. I think... Top Gun Maverick, I would be shocked if there is a bigger 
box office story the rest of this year. This is it, people. This is the one. Yeah. And it came so early in the summer season. Mm -hmm. But it's gonna great it's gonna be great to see this run. It's gonna be great to see it get back into some IMAXs, get some more PLFs, because it's gonna happen. They're gonna have to make this happen because it is it is doing insane historic business and it could be doing more. Yes. If it that's had... maybe the most frustrating thing about this day. And I think it'll be a turning point, hopefully. Yeah. For more IMAXs, more PLFs. Yep. Because they have to. Top Gun Maverick could be at six hundred million dollars right now domestic. Yes. Yes. And I I I completely believe that. Yes. If it if well it, maybe not, but maybe five fifty. Five fifty. Yeah. If it had premium screens this weekend, it would have sold all of those theaters out. It would have sold out every IMAX showing, every RPX showing. Every large format screen, it would have been allowed. It would have sold them out because the interest is there. The the passion for this movie is there. I mean, let's throw out an anecdote from us from this weekend. We celebrated Father's Day weekend with my uh, uh, in laws. You know who you're you're very close to. Your your parents live elsewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. My my father is he's uh, he's listen he's in the dirt. So he's I'm not celebrating with him this weekend. But mm-hmm. we celebrated with my in-laws and my mother-in-law, who just not not a big movie fan, you know, she's just it's not her thing. And yep. when we were coming up to to see them this weekend, she had one request. And I know it's Father's Day weekend, but she's the one who gets to make the request. She had one request. We needed to take her to see Top Gun Maverick. Yes. This is someone who yes. sees movies in the movie theaters maybe twice a year. A holiday, mm-hmm. you know, we're there on Thanksgiving, Christmas. We'll see a movie then. That is it. And she requested because that's all she hears is you got to see Top Gun Maverick. And her request was, you have to take me to see Top Gun Maverick. And my father-in-law also, he's not someone who makes any requests, but he was very excited to see this movie and they both loved it. And that is when you see something cross over from being a hit to a mega hit to a phenomenon. When audiences yes. who normally don't see anything normally show no enthusiasm for movies, they zero in on this is something special. Yeah, it is. It is something special. It is officially Tom Cruise's, biggest movie ever because mm-hmm. it's over a hundred eight hundred I'm sorry eight hundred million worldwide wow it's gonna be a billion dollar baby I mean I there's just no doubt about it there's no doubt about yeah. it yeah I mean the it's how far over a billion it can go at this point there is no ceiling for Top Gun Maverick domestically no. and worldwide but we focus domestically I, I don't know what the ceiling is for this movie because I think the legs are clearly going to be there all summer. And if you're telling me this movie ends up eight, nine hundred, a billion dollars domestic, I'm not, I'm not predicting that. But at this point, I will not put that ceiling on this movie because it is a phenomenon. 
I have seen it three times. Yes. In three different formats. Mm-hmm. And I will see it a fourth. Yes. 100%. And I may see it a fifth. I don't know how many times I will see this movie over the summer. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you a movie that I felt that way about since probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which was a phenomenon in a may, way smaller way. Right, right, right. Um, but, and not as, and, and not as, I, I think, as, ex, as accessible as this film, obviously. No, I mean, listen, Top Gun Maverick is uh, an in, 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 infinite, in, has an infinite, infinite number of quadrants, is what I was trying to say. There, There is, it hits every quadrant that you could possibly imagine, every region of the country, every age, every type of person. This movie is for everybody. So, Pat, would you say that it could go to infinity yep. and possibly beyond? Yes. Maverick could go to infinity and beyond. Maverick is now the owner of that saying. Buzz Lightyear has been stripped of that saying. It is now Top Gun Mavericks. Wow. Wow. And and then just to wrap up, because mm-hmm. obviously we did a lot here. On another positive note, the box office was actually up. Yes. From this same weekend in 2019, which is the last time we had a full-on real slate of releases Mm -hmm. now what was the percentage did you you told me before and i'm looking for it now it was on deadline and i think it was around 15 percent okay it was around 15 percent uh up versus the same weekend in 2019 so if we're comparing weekend to weekend it looks like the uh the weekend would be uh, 18% ahead of the same weekend in 2019. Yeah. Which I think would be then the weekend where Men in Black International opened. I think that would be the comp weekend. Oh. Um, which looks like Men in Black did open. So I'm looking at the weekend of June 14th, 2019. Right, because this would have been the weekend of what June seventeenth, twenty twenty-two, and mm-hmm. that weekend, June June fourteenth, twenty nineteen, Men in Black opened with a Men in Black International opened with a thirty 39? million dollar opening weekend. Thirty, wow, worse than I remembered. And then Secret Life of Pets two was in its second weekend, made twenty four million, and Aladdin, which was a phenomenon that summer. You know, mm-hmm. was was sort of the on a smaller scale, the Top Gun Maverick of that summer was in its fourth weekend and made 17 million, only a 30% drop. So, you know, this weekend was comp to a weekend in June where in 2019 you had a Men in Black uh a spin-off movie that nobody wanted. Men in Black International yep. was very much the light year of its day. It was a mm-hmm. money grab. It was an IP spinoff that, guess what? 
What's the problem with Men in Black International? It didn't have the people that everyone loved from the other movies. It didn't have yes. Will Smith. It didn't have Tommy Lee Jones. So people did not want that Men in Black. Just like no. this movie did not have Tim Allen. It did not have Lightyear as a toy. So people did not want this Buzz Lightyear movie. You cannot just slap these old IPs onto a new movie and give it to people and don't give them the elements that they loved from that IP, especially the actors. I think that is clear. You cannot remake mm-hmm. these movies and and just recast the characters because the adult children who go see these, they will say, wah, wah, nah, nah, not my light year, not my Men in Black, not my Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow, Pat. Well, so, of course, that is going to be the end of this episode. We have another episode coming on Thursday when mm-hmm. we're going to preview two pretty big films, Elvis, which is, I think, next to Lightyear. If if we thought Lightyear was a question mark, this Elvis movie is a series of question marks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And-, and then we have the Black Phone a highly, hotly anticipated horror film mm-hmm. from Blumhouse that could do some big things. And it's got Ethan Hawke, one of the guys that put Blumhouse on the map. Yeah. I mean, Ethan Hawke is a Blumhouse franchise starter. He started the the Purge franchise. He was the star of the first one. The Sinister franchise was Ethan Hawke. So he comes in there and he just hands Blumhouse franchises. Mm-hmm. So will he do it again with the black phone? We'll find out. I mean, and this Elvis movie, I am going to spend the week thinking about this Elvis movie because it really is a question mark. This movie could be the, it's not going to be the biggest hit of the summer, but it could really overperform. You know, this movie yes. can be a big hit or it could be a giant disaster. The The range on this movie is far and wide. And I'm going to be thinking a lot about Elvis in the days leading up to our preview episode. Me too. We are going to have the man. What is his nickname? The boy from Memphis? The boy from Memphis, yeah. Does he have a nickname? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't started doing the research yet, so I'll know by Thursday. Okay, okay. Um, Oh, yeah. But we are going to have a lot of nicknames. We are going to have the uh, on-air debut. Obviously, we have read many of his emails on air, but this will be the first time any of us will hear the voice of wannabe old boy Austin. He will be the very special guest on this week's uh, end of week preview episode. He'll be talking Elvis with us, talking the Black Phone. We're going to have to get his thoughts on on Lightyear and what happened here. So. It is going to be a can't miss B.O. Boys later this week. Absolutely. And, oh, Elvis nicknames the king, of course. How could I forget? Well, He's the king. Yeah. King of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So, Pat, where can people email us to talk about Lightyear, to talk about Maverick, to talk about other alternative Elvis Presley nicknames? Email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Of course, we love we love reading your emails on every episode, but those end of week 
uh, pre weekend preview episodes uh, on Thursday nights, Friday mornings. Those are the episodes where we really get to dig into your emails. So shoot us an email, the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. And Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it. Nailed it.